RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Now, a few weeks ago, you might remember that we had Dave Hicks from the Pohara store talking about the cycle track that was being put in, in fact, right outside his uh, the doorstep of his store. He was losing car parks. And uh, that was really interesting finding out uh, how it had come to that through Dave's eyes. Well, we're kind of in that uh, part of the country again to talk to Sebastian Marinkovic uh, about the Tasman District Council. Now, Sebastian joins us halfway between, you can visualize this, Mapua and Motueka in Tasman Village. And he's also a candidate for NZ Loyal. Seb, welcome to Reality Check Radio. Nice to have you. Paul, thank you very much for having me on. Okay, so the audience is kind of, if they were listening to what Dave was talking about a few weeks ago, they're kind of in the zone. But this is a slightly bigger picture, bigger part of that area, and um, is uh, regards the Tasman District Council and their other plans, again, for cycleways, uh, the cost of that, the money involved, etc. So where do you want to start? In in or well, first of all, I need to ask you the question about uh, NZ Loyal. Are you caught up in that um, candidates thing? Because people have been talking about that. So, we'll yeah, fair that. enough. Look, I'm so I'm not a hundred percent sure where that is at at the moment. I am very aware that there are uh, some issues that have happened and certain things have unfolded. Uh, exactly where it's up to at the moment, I'm I'm not too sure. Okay, I'm, and I'm, just... I'm not on the front line of that one. Okay, and just to um, to ask you also, how are you finding it out there? Um, you're obviously getting around people. What are they saying? What sort of support are you picking up oh, on? Uh, the mood look, of the people, they'd say. I'm a, I'm a little bit uncomfortable answering that one. I, I know that everyone – I'll answer it briefly, but then I'll, I'll have a bit of a statement. Everyone seems to be very aware that things are not right in New Zealand. And, and I think that's a pretty fair or, or a blanket statement that I can use across the board, that there are certain issues or things that are going on that no one is comfortable with, no one is happy with. And we're trying to address a, small, a, a relatively big issue with us for in a, in a small part of this world. Yeah. I think I'd, I'd, I'd quite like to just sort of jump in and say, look, yes, I am running for NZ Loyal and I'm very proud to be doing that. But I kind of want to take that head off and. Oh no, I understand that. I understand yeah. that, and I'm not going to okay. you know, going to nail, nail you to the wall on it. It's just you know, obviously we're interested. So. Oh no, fair enough. But but this really, what we're this is really is a uh, a collective community issue that we're dealing with. Yeah, but when, when you say when you say that there, there are things that people are uncomfortable with, this is one of them. Actually, this yes, is it, is, it is definitely one of them. The, and it, and, it and this seems to be at every local body level around the country as well it's repeated in many places there are sort of yeah. nuances for the for what part of the country it is but substantially that okay so let's get into the into the cycleway project it kind of sounds like again a, a sort of a, a repeat of what we've heard about uh from dave at pohara from uh the folks in, in the uh, catchment of the new plymouth district council money is being splashed around for these projects like they're being sort of forced on people. Is that the feeling? I, I look, that, that is certainly the feeling. I think I'd premise this at the start by saying none of us are anti-cycleways. We're not anti-cyclists. We're not anti-cycleways. What we're really upset about is the lack of consultation 
from the council, the lack of engagement and the lack of care and the lack of due process. And that's very, very concerning. And I think that the, the big part of what we're dealing with is these aren't grassroots initiatives. These are projects that are coming down from on top. And on top, I'm not even suggesting New Zealand government, I'm suggesting that there's even a, a, a broader global agenda which is at play here, which is being implemented or, or, or coming through from that globe, from global to central government and then foisted upon local councils. And the communities don't know about these issues until they are directly affected by them. Yeah, so yeah, I'm not against cycling either. I used to ride a bike for a long time. <laughs> but it's the the reasoning for them. It's yes. climate is one thing. Now the jury yep. is out on that. So you know, you're gonna have to yep. you're gonna have to have a stronger case to really nail that one. Yep. And and the other thing is for safety. It, you, you've they, hit the nail on the head. Yeah. So, you know, are they real? Are those things real? And like you say, is there a, a, a ground-up call for more safety for cyclists or to mitigate against emissions from the ground up? So, so we've asked those pointed questions to council. We have stated uh, if you are using these assumptions or these foundational assessments to substantiate your claims. Can you pr please provide us with the evidence to support this view? Because as far as we're concerned, these are ideologies. They're not grounded in truth and fact. And what sort of response, I can kind of guess the, the answer to this, but what sort of response do you get to those very reasonable and, uh, and totally obvious questions? If we get responses at all, it seems to be either jargon or empty words there is nothing that has been presented to us to, to suggest that uh, cl climate change is an issue uh, and that that deeply concerns us we actually we started this by presenting to the um, uh, district uh, sorry the um, local community board here in, in Motueka and we put together uh, slides and that was from data taken from the National Climate Assessment Association uh, so this was the research that's come out of the US to try and uh, support their claims or, or, or uh, policies uh, directly relating to climate change. And what was quite scary, what we found is that all of the graphs or all of the research they were uh, starting with, that they had picked very different start dates for each of their slides. And I point out that when you want to mislead people with statistics, picking your start date is incredibly important. Yeah. So when we started looking at things like heat waves or um, wildfires or Arctic sea ice retreat uh, or in, um, what do you call it, um, rising sea levels, none of this information stacked up to scrutiny. None of it, which is is incredibly uh, telling. So they they obviously think they can they there's always a they they think that they can sort of cherry pick sort of That's items exactly of what research and you you're so dumb you're never going to know that that's exactly what they're relying on i think that they are relying on uh apathy uh i think that they have purposely made people so busy trying to get by that they just they genuinely don't have time to look into deeper issues and what i think that we all suffer from is i guess it's 
headlines, uh, media headlines that that create this collective consciousness of, of, of certain issues that none of us really understand. And we are told or, or led to believe that this is truth and fact when, it, when it's clearly not. You mentioned the community board. The, these are the organic representatives of the community, right? They're supposed to be. It, well, that's exactly right. And With no vested when, interest there for the community. So, so what was your experience with them? Some were on board insofar as uh, supporting what we had to say. What we're trying to find out or, or gather is what is the relationship between, I guess, the the elected members of council and the appointed members? And what is the hierarchy? What are the specific roles? How do they interact together? And what? how do they work? Who, who has, um, so what I'm looking for, not priority, but who has the um, upper hand, so to speak? And it would be. It's, I think it's become very clear to us that our elected members uh, take a second seat, back seat. When you say appointed, you're talking about the the council officers who are in salary jobs, are you? Correct. Okay, the non-elected. Non-elected. Okay, That's so the, but but surely, if you're elected to a council, you know there's that tension. You know that's there. Yes. You know you got to keep an eye out for them, and they'll probably seek to control processes because you know the councillors they come and they go but the other guys yeah. are there for longer which so, is a, a concern yes yeah well there maybe should be term limits on those jobs too they, that's another thing that, that maybe could be looked at but you need to have the fortitude as a councillor if you're standing for election you know you you kind of know this you need to be able to stand up to that they're not doing that yeah. It's a little bit hard to speak for a councillor. Well, I guess all I can can say is what we are experiencing at the moment. And we would like to think that they'd have a little bit more more um more 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 clout than, than what's happening at the moment. So I've got I'm just trying to stop a call from coming through. No worries. I'll just make a note okay. of the time of this and um that's right, I don't apologize to get that all the time. I might <clears throat> Okay, let's get down to the brass tacks then. So okay. what sort of money is involved uh, here? What are the conditions of, its, uh, of it being made available for uh, the funding? I think it's through Waka Kotahi, NZTA, um, for creating these uh, infrastructure items. Let's call them uh, that. And what sort of debt does that add to the council, ultimately the ratepayers? So here in Mortawaka, they have an $8.7 million budget for uh, the, the, the cycleway or, or um, roading infrastructure that these works. And I believe that there are smaller amounts or, or other amounts in the in the region under different uh, guises or, or different parts or, uh, of this fund um, for, for, to, to, to meet different purposes. But ultimately, that they're all to do with um, cycleways or some form of um, public um, immunity. How much, though, does that uh, have to be picked up by the local ratepayers? Um, I, I think in the New Plymouth situation, the money's made available and it's it, it has to be spent in a certain way and planning has to be paid for out of that. It just so happens with planning um, entities that are um, endorsed by uh, Waka Kotahi, so there's a kind of money go around there already. But um, will it actually end up imposing debt on the Tasman District Council? 
we're not a hundred percent sure because I don't. So if if the council were to say no, we're not accepting these funds, or we're not going to apply for them, then obviously, like you've just said, there will be planning expenses that would have been incurred to date, and so it's unlikely that the uh, NZTA funding would be covering those expenses, and so that will undoubtedly fall upon the ratepayer. If we, we have asked the question of any um, um, overruns or, or budget blowouts, and the initial response was no. If if we look like um, if it looks like we're going to get close to the end or that, that that funding limit, then we will halt the projects at that point in time. Whether or not that happens, obviously, is, is debatable, but that is what we have been told. Wait on, you could end so, up with an unfinished job then, right? Well, after that's, all the that's money the spent, thing. Well, that it, doesn't make sense. No, look, it, it, it doesn't. I'm, I'm just expressing or, or sharing with you what we've been told. No, no, I know. And uh, and if you're told that, it doesn't kind of make sense. You don't... It, look, it, it doesn't add up. But I think the, 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 the real thing that we've been asking about or questioning is, and, and we've been told that um, uh, basically this is a use it or, or lose it scenario. And we're saying, well, this isn't really acceptable. When, when you consider the debt levels that we're in as a country, and you look at the debt levels that local councils are in, so... so TD, so uh, Tasman District Council are in debt of some $250 million. Wow. And really? one and one way or another, we as ratepayers or taxpayers are going to be fronting up these bills. And so we're really questioning, is this the most appropriate use of funds? And are you really demonstrating care and fiscal management in the midst of a cost of living crisis? We've, we've asked We've, we've very clearly stated our businesses are suffering. We've, we've got main streets in our areas that are seriously struggling. We've got farmers and growers who are they're in financial strife. And when you, you look at this and if you really cared about your community, you'd be asking, is this really the best use of our funds? And we, we don't think it is. They must be aware of what you've just described. How could they not? If, if you're a council and if you're genuinely engaging with your community, you would know exactly what the issues are and you would be putting plans or proposals together to try and mitigate it. And when we're not seeing that and we're, 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 we're questioning why. Okay, what sort of public support is with you and how does that engage then the council folk, because the more on board with you, obviously, the more attention it gets. What sort of what sort of level of engagement have you had so far? Because I believe there was a refusal actually by them to actually meet on one occasion. On on three occasions. Okay, on three. Yeah. All right. So we we had an initial meeting in uh, Upper Mutri, and we called for the council to come and meet with us. We, we called it an emergency community meeting. Uh, on the grounds that we've got limited time to really get to the bottom of this and for the council to engage and to send the, these funds, um, will not apply for these funds in the first instance and, and to express our, our concerns and ask some pretty pointed questions. We had approximately 400 people uh, of the community from across the region meeting. Um, I was really impressed by it. I was, actually, I was really taken aback by it. It was, it was a... It was a really strong turnout. 
And it was very clear from that meet. What we did during that meeting is we actually took down some feedback forms. Uh, and I, I don't like that term. It's a term that the council uses when they, they want to pretend to engage. We're, we're, feedback we're forms. Not. You think well, they could do better than that, right? Hey? <laughs> well, that, that's what the council uh, requests. And, and so it's quite um, telling when, when, when you look at what the definition of a feedback form is, when there's no obligation or requirement to respond to these feedback forms. It's like dropping mm-hmm. something into a suggestion box. Exactly. It's saying, you know, thank you for your yeah, thank, yeah, thank you. Yeah, we, we may or may not get back to you. Yeah, rack off. So, yeah, yeah. Well, we did because we genuinely wanted to know what the thoughts and feelings were of 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 the community, and the feedback was quite heartening. Very, very simple. I I, I don't really know what else, other word to use for it. It was very, it was straightforward, simple. These were not big, complex requests that people had for their community very simple things like we want local decisions made by local people was was by far one of the the the, the um you know biggest responses we had um what they don't want is top-down government what they certainly don't want was a, a agendas and um global agendas whether it's you know united nations world economic forum who being Oh, so there's quite a, a bit of awareness. Oh, yeah. So, so you know, there definitely was was awareness, and we, I think we're bringing more awareness to these uh, bigger agendas and making the link between what we're seeing overseas, what we're seeing overseas being being uh, implemented here. We've we've had some fantastic presentations and research done by uh, members of the community here that have looked into what's happening over in the UK. So when you look at the uh, London and, and other centres, and you look at these ULES uh, or ultra-low emission zones, um, these attempts to to really um, yeah drive people out of their cars for for lack of a better term, but yeah price them out of their cars I, sh- I should say. And we don't want to see the same ideology imposed upon us here, and th- and that's what we're seeing, and, and that's what we don't want to have. Do you think there's an awareness? Then at the authority level of what you've just been describing, that there's a this is a top-down exercise, you know, that goes bigger than local and even probably national, and uh, there, oh. and you know, we we're all aware of of the um, the fever dreams of some who want to create areas where you know, fifteen-minute cities, twenty-minute towns, that sort of thing. Do you think this is that in action? Yes, we do. When, when you look at the language uh, that the council uses, so for example, calling this a 20-minute neighbourhood, and when they are talking about reducing car parking, uh, discouraging car use, it's very similar language from these organisations and, and what we're seeing happen here. So we've, we've again, so, so we started with uh, a, a climate presentation just to bring that to awareness of, of the community of the councillors so that they can't say oh we're not aware of this then we did a follow-up on c40 so c40 is an organization which is uh, directly uh, implementing the um, policies of the united nations and the uh, world economic forum and we've presented all this information uh, we know that from I mean, one of the really telling slides was that by their uh, goal by 2030 
is zero cards. They, they want carless societies. Um, this was an Arup um, servo, an Arup um, AIUP um, document that was put together for C40 cities. And you read through their slides, and when you're looking, <laughs> they want us to have three items of clothing per person per year by 2030. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. It's, and, and, and you get labeled things like, uh, you know, conspiracy theorists. And you're saying, well, God, no, this is, I'm not making any of this information up. This is in their own documentation. This is on their websites that they're not hiding this. It's just that people don't necessarily know about it. And, and it's quite a, no one wants to believe that people that are in positions of authority or power or, or you know, to, to supposedly put uh, in, in place what's for the benefit of communities and, and countries, that they would be doing the opposite. Like, no one wants to believe that. And it, it's, mm. it's, it's quite hard to, to, to get across that little um, barrier. Of course, the, um, the curious question is, how come the officials are thinking this way? Uh, I mean, do they have to go to struggle sessions where they have it repeated, you know, over and over again on a loudspeaker, a tannoy right next to their ear until they sort of, they they fall to their knees and say, okay, I accept this. I mean, yeah, there seems to be some persuasion that's gone on somewhere. And yeah. it seems to also extend to some of the elected officials. Can we... From, from what you've observed, who you've talked to, can, can you, you know, provide or offer any insight into how that has happened? It's obviously happened in a stealthy way because most of the average people wouldn't have a clue. Am I right? I would, I would certainly agree with that. I, th I think that there is definitely an awakening to a lot of what's going on. I think that there are some some pretty serious questions that need to be asked and are being asked. Uh, for a lot of people, I guess it's a question: you know, where do you start, and how far back do you go? You know, th this isn't this hasn't just started. You know, three, four, five years ago. Th this is a very, very long history to what we're seeing being played out. Yeah. And when you've got a mortgage to pay, family to feed, a job to worry about, a job security, it can become quite hard to actually. I don't accept that anymore. You've got to have personal agency to look after yeah. yourself and your family, and sometimes it extends beyond just the everyday slave items. I understand it, but surely there comes a time where you've really got to face potentially reality, put the big boys' and girls' trousers on and go to work, right? I Look, I, I totally agree with you. Uh the, the only reason I was sort of stating that was just as a rationalization for why certain people might hold on no, to particular people. Yep. Yep. But no, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, th I think that this cannot be perpetrated anymore, that, that we have a duty of care to ourselves, our kids, future generations to start really sorting this out. And you're either an accomplice to it, whether through malfeasance or negligence or Willful ignorance, will, it, yeah, it, denial, it, whatever. It, yeah. Yes, and 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 it's not acceptable. And and as far as I'm concerned, enough is enough. So, what happens next at at in your area? What, what's what's the next move? And um, do you think you can sort of roll over the top of this and put Humpty back together again? Kind of. 
Look, I, I, I really don't know. You know, we are being sort of uh, ignored and being rolled at the moment. There's, there's a council meeting uh, Thursday morning. We don't have a lot of faith in the process. And I, and I say that because there is no independence, that it's all linked. We're, we're seeing this crown or government corporation essentially just doing what the government is is saying. And so it is a very, very big battle. You've got the courts in on it. You've got the council themselves. You've got their own internal legal team as opposed to an independent service to engage. All of these systems and agencies that are not set up to help the people. And so in that case, it is incredibly hard to make any traction. It, it, it has to be ground up. We're certainly running out of time. Um, we're exploring legal avenues. Yeah. But it, it's, 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 it is difficult. It oh, is difficult. Even in the face of, so, so uh, up in Bahara, they went to the extent of putting their own survey together and they asked a significant number of people, I think it was about 500 respondents, uh, which is huge when you, when you consider the, the, the size of the local community yeah. population. And the overwhelming support was to not have these infrastructure projects go ahead as they were designed or planned. And when you go to that extent and, and they're not listened to, it's incredibly disheartening. And this this needs to change. This is just not acceptable. This is so far from democratic, and I use that term very loosely. Uh, it's it's hard. It's really hard to accept, and we're not accepting it. We're we're, we're going through the process of trying to figure out exactly how we're going to take this down because it's it's it is not acceptable any, anymore. We hear you. Thank you for coming on RCR and explaining that. We'll keep an eye on that and uh, maybe see if we can catch up again and see kind of where you're, you're at. No, um, look, before we, uh, I mean, we haven't even, there are so many things we haven't even touched on. One of the big, if you've got time, one of the big sure. parts that we're also really concerned about, I'm not sure if you're aware of the local government funding agency. Yes, we are. Yep. Uh, okay. So that's one of the other really, really big um uh, components to this that we're not particularly happy about. So if, you, if you're aware or anyone that's listening and isn't aware, so this is the council's mechanism to raise funds. Yeah. And these these loans that the council undertakes are guaranteed. And we as the ratepayers are the ones providing the security to guarantee these loans with our homes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So as, as the council's costs of loan repayments increase, naturally our rates are going to go up. Yeah. And we're really concerned because how far will this go? How, how much more can we afford? And what happens when we can't? Is that where your houses are vulnerable? Absolutely. As security and collateral like, for those loans? I'm, yes. And, and, and so this isn't just uh, Tasman District. This is, this is across... New Zealand, this, this is every single homeowner should be very, very concerned about this. And there so seems to be no no buttoning off of borrowing, too. I mean, we talked to Dunedin City Councillor. They're paying a million dollars a week, a week in interest. 
and you, and you start looking. It's 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 a much broader problem, and no one really seems to be looking at this or addressing this or, or bringing this to the fore. That we're talking about lending our, our, our entire financial system, how everything has actually been set up to our absolute detriment. Well, to bleed it to bleed out the community. That's what it is. And, and that, that's right. And 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 who's who benefits from this? Ultimately, who are the ones that are going to own who, all? Who has the scale to lend the money and call in the debt? Well, that's and and that's like that's actually that's a really big question because when you look at every nation around the world and, and these dire levels of debt. You do question. So, where is the money coming from? Because if no one's got any ability to raise funds, how are they lending it to each other? Like, where, where does this? Where do these savings come from? From these essentially bankrupt nations or the, these corporations? It's printed. Exactly. Um, on a fr- fractional central banking system that leverages yeah. ten or hundred to one, it's money. Which is- and you create that if it's accepted as money and loaned it becomes a debt so the created zeros and ones of 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 the original money when it is called in is then is morphed into hard assets yes so you exchange something out of thin air for hard assets at the end of the process which which as far as i'm concerned is absolutely fraudulent well, it's 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 a scam. It's it's a process. Um, it's a scam, and I suppose through the LGFA, it's easy for local government to leverage up to a ratio of of debt and income. So, and you can fund all your little pet projects quite easily. But then you hit the wall. Yes, by and I would suggest by design. And and they use the LGFA as a funding mechanism because there are less hoops to jump through exactly. to approve this the, the, uh, these these funds. And, and it's so a discounted interest rate. Yes. Well, it's well, no. Well, you, you say that, but they're still guaranteed six point five percent return on their you know, investment. Oh, okay. I thought there was a break on the on the money, but uh, like I say, in the Dunedin situation. 17,000 ratepayers, 17,000. Think about that. Poorest yeah. ratepayer group uh, out of any metropolitan groups in the country. And they have to pay a million dollars a week in interest on their almost $1 billion of debt. It's crazy. It, well, it, it's, it's not, it, it really is. It really, and you, you sort of ask the question, well, hang on. Why are they left carrying the bill? If, if they weren't privy to it or if they didn't sign up with full disclosure and full knowledge, why are they the ones left carrying the can? How, how can you be uh, what's the word? how can you be you well, know, essentially I, you're, you're, I guess someone sorry. someone would say, no, no, someone would say, well, you elected them, should have done your due diligence. And if you, only twenty percent turn up at local body elections, if the turnout's so low, it's not our problem. But I would also suggest that you've got a duty of care to your constituents or the people that you are supposedly representing. Uh, I'd suggest that if you are not going to operate in a fiscally appropriate manner or, or manage your community's funds in the most appropriate way, 
then you are not adhering to your duty of care. You are not adhering to the best in the world. But you could be setting up a situation where a lot of your ratepayers' um, private property could end up being, you know, passed on to someone else, actually. Well, and that's, that's a very real and serious concern. And so, and, and I would argue that if we're not given full disclosure to these agreements, how can we be party to them? Okay, boy, that's that's something to think about, isn't it? All right. Um, anything, um, any final things you want to say before we sort of wind up the chat, which has been really interesting, by the way? Thank you. Oh, no, no, look, th thank you. I, I sort of um, just trying to think over, <laughs> make sure I've kind of covered all the, all the yeah, bases. Yeah, all the bases. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, Sebastian Marinkovic, thanks for coming on RCR, explaining that as it relates to your area. That is in the Mochueka, Tasman Village area um, and the Tasman District Council. It's given us a lot to think about. And like I say, we'll, we'll, I think we'll keep on checking in over time to see where, not just you guys, but we're talking to other people around the country as well, where everybody's at as this progresses. Oh, look, thank you. And um, brief, I would really like to thank all of the people that have been involved in this. this. This truly is a community effort. And there are a lot of us that have come together, uh, different backgrounds, different views, but, but we are working together for this. Like, this this has been quite unifying and, and heartening after so much division that we've all experienced. Um, and, and so to everybody that has been involved in this, Thank you, because your efforts, research, care, everything is, you know, it's for the community. Um, I deeply, deeply appreciate it. And I know that everyone else that's, that's here is, does as well. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.